0: Welcome back to Beyond the Benefits with Savoy Associates. My name is Chris VanderWilk. I'm the Senior Vice President of Employer Services and Compliance. And with us today are Dan McMonigle, our large group strategist. Welcome, Dan. Thank you, Chris. Wendy Ebner, our Vice President of Strategic Partnerships. Good to see you again, Wendy.
1: Likewise, Chris.
0: And Anthony Livadini, our Business Development Specialist. Anthony, great to see you again. Glad to be here. So this is part three of our three-part series on self-funding. The first part, we talked about what self-funding was, And the link is below if you want to go back and catch up. The second part, we talked about why employers and brokers should consider self-funding, and as well, that link is below. But if you're watching now, I'm going to assume that you've watched those two videos and you are on the edge of your seat trying to figure out what we're going to talk about next. So we're going to talk about how to group self-fund. And I assume now that if you're here, you're an expert. You watch those first two videos. But we're going to talk about the moving pieces and how it works. So, Wendy, what are the the key things that an employer should consider as they move into adopting a self-funded plan?
1: Um, I think they first and foremost need to determine if they're in it for the long haul, because this is not a spreadsheet sale. This is not a one-year trick. Um, Although the under-50 level funded market is showing us otherwise, but that is a new emergence. True self-funding, really you want to commit to the long haul. You're going to have good years. You're going to have bad years. Um, You also need to consider... Network adequacy, the um, integrity of the TPA you use, especially around HIPAA, because for the first time an employer is going to start to see some data about their population, and they don't—they want to shield themselves from the knowledge unique to people's um, protected health information. And then you also want to have the consideration around what's the what's your risk tolerance, and where do you want to set your specific and aggregate stop loss, because that affects price, but it also has a lot to do with how comfortable you are with the ebbs and flows of your bank account on a monthly basis.
0: So, stop loss is a, a big part of a self-funded plan. Yeah. What are, if, I, if I'm if i putting together my first approach, my first foray into self-funded plan, mm-hmm. what's my checklist of the key components I need to make sure that I understand and I have put together to assemble yep. a self-funded program?
1: Okay, so stop loss is your fixed cost. Your TPA is your fixed cost. Um, the network that you lease, is a fixed cost if you're going with a self-funded model that plugs a network in. Sometimes these things are bundled. Um, We're seeing with reference-based pricing, there is no network, but so network is a piece. Um, The PBM, who's gonna administer the the pharmaceutical piece, and then point solutions, such as the right wellness vendor, uh, telemedicine company, maybe a claims call center, um, disease management programs, um, even actuarial to help predict you know where you want to take the plan and what you could do to benefits to try to steer steer an outcome on the future
0: so Dan we need to have all these different tools in our toolbox network um, stop loss wellness solutions point solutions how does a business decide which self-funded program will work best for them so a lot of times when you're looking at
2: different options in the self-funded world you're really comparing Tpas or third-party administrators and you want to determine what are they doing for you to make your life easier, in addition to, obviously, the administrative costs, which are different throughout each TPA. Um, as Wendy and Chris, you guys have just both mentioned, network is also a concern, or whether there's not a network at all with the reference-based pricing. But um, aside from all that, you really want to look at, you know, how are they managing your cases, meaning case management? Um, are they identifying potential catastrophic Conditions before they become catastrophic claims, and is there going to be any um, interference or or help from the, the third party administrator for your employee to help navigate uh, those those conditions? Um, is there, you know, if you are able to go out of network, what is their out of network reimbursement? Is it you know a percentage of Medicare? Is it a low percentage of Medicare? Whatever that may be. And in addition to that, um, how do they help with compliance issues? Um, as you become more self or as you get into the self-funded world, you kind of become more on an island as far as, it, as compliance is concerned. As we mentioned in the previous video, the example there was the PCORI fees, right? You you, you have to pay your PCORI fees on your own. Um, does this TPA help with that at all? all
0: right. Thanks, Dan. So, Anthony, Dan mentioned employers getting out on an island by themselves as they foray into self-funded plans. How do level-funded plans purchased from traditional insurance
3: carriers help with that concept? So, uh, the nice aspect of level-funded plans is the kind of uh, a whole package deal, if you will, for encompassing all of that easily enough for the employer to digest. Um, it's it's kind of a nice taste for the self-funding side of things. You still get the advantages of uh, the self-funding, possibly get, uh, you could partake in health rebates at the end of the year, um, but you, you, you're not assuming all of the risk at the end of the day. Um, so and, and the nice part about the level funded is that if you have access to the level funded plans, um, you're not on your own lonely island. You have uh, everything all kind of encompassed in one. So it's one of those things that
0: people don't often think about is when you buy insurance, what you're really buying is you're buying a claims administration service and you're buying a stop loss provider and you're buying a network and you're buying a point solution for whatever the carrier decides to include. So essentially, if I'm understanding you, when you buy level funded, you get all those things too. You just get them on a self-funded financial chassis. Correct. So that goes into my next question. If you buy one of these programs from an insurance carrier, uh, are you going to see, or even if you don't buy it from one of these insurance carriers, are you going to see regional differences? And how does that interplay with an employer's plan?
3: Great question. Um, I would say there's definitely a lot of regional differences that a broker and a group has to be aware of when finding a self-funded plan that's right for them. Just provider networks alone, I think, are a a big concern. You wanna make sure that all the employees have access, easy access to quality care. Um, You also wanna make sure that these employees have um, the ability to utilize providers that they're comfortable with, and they don't have to go far to find care. The nice part is that a lot of the there's, no, there's not necessarily any state mandates on the self-funded side of things, but there are state mandates on the fully insured side of things that you need to be aware of and make sure that um, some employers may choose to incorporate some benefits that their, their employees expect, so they're comfortable with the benefits that they're receiving once they've transitioned over to a self-funded platform. Um, it's also, they need to consider the idea of how cost-effective those plans are within that particular region. Um, How prevalent self-funded plans or self-funded carriers are in that particular region. So there's definitely a number of different factors that come into play regionally. Um, So it's, it's important to consult with an expert that has their finger on the pulse and is aware of these regional changes and circumstances. So they're doing what's best for the group at the end of the day. Working here in the tri-state area,
0: we're sitting in New Jersey today. Uh, New York is, uh, don't quote me, probably 25, 30 miles as the crow flies. Pennsylvania is probably 40 miles in the other direction. There are several sets of state mandates that are affecting employers here. And like you mentioned, you don't have to necessarily cover those mandates, but your employees may expect them and your employees may be dissatisfied, which as we If we don't get too far in the weeds, we need to remember that employee benefits are meant to reward employees. And this is a part of their compensation package. So if you take away parts of their compensation, they might be unhappy about it. So walk in eyes wide open. Know what these state mandates are on insurance. Know what the changes are. Uh, I, I believe a lot of the carriers that do fully insured plans have options or programs that can wrap in state management.
1: Is that right, Wendy? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, sometimes it takes a little while to get there. When a new carrier enters a market, you, we, we started to see some, some of that. Like they came out originally with it and then they pulled it out. So sometimes it's the opposite. They build it to look like fully insured mandate-wise so that you have no dissatisfaction and so that you can continue to attract talent. But then they realize that's not really cost-effective and if you want to give an employer control on price, let them start to strip things out. So it works both ways. I've seen it go both ways.
0: All right. Dan, we talked about some of the regional variations and mandates and how that affects things. Transparency is a big buzzword. It can mean a lot of things. Transparency can mean disclosing the mandates that we talked about to your client. But in self-funded plans, it typically has to do more with real data. What is the impact of transparency in a self-funded plan? and Why is it important? Well, it's uh, one of the major components, one of the major
2: differences that employers will see um, when they're coming from a fully insured plan that is uh, that you potentially don't get any claims data on now. Um, when you receive that claims data and you're able to review and see where your claims dollars are being spent, you are then able to you know tailor make your wellness initiatives or you can Provide or put in certain um, aspects of the plan design that would steer certain uh, employees into different
0: areas. We're seeing not just forty percent going to RX, thirty percent going to standalone surgical facilities, but we're seeing Chris need Chris use this, mm-hmm. and so we can say we're going to intervene on Chris because Chris is using all this care. Let's get him some proactive outreach.
2: Exactly right, and so you're able to. Really take a look at the data and pivot if needed in order to create better outcomes for your employees with the transparency that is allowed by the self funded plans.
1: Like disease management, right? So that's part of, like, you know, with HIPAA, when we talk about you can help Chris, it's not you, the employer, it's they, the disease management point solution within the TPA that you're working with that it looks at these claims sees the red flag that this is a moment and let's take a look at some of things and see if we can't help a person turn their health around either preventively or if they're in the midst of a disease state at least get them back on track asthmatics you know COPD these are the big diseases that went unchecked now we know that we see this in managed care all the time but you don't have that micro level of reporting to react to fast enough, nor do you have anyone invested in an outcome the way you do when, when it's in a session. Absolutely fund. right. Yeah. That's a great point, Wendy.
0: And with HIPAA, HIPAA is one of the most un, misunderstood components of our business. As an employer, you're the, generally the sponsor of the health plan. So in this role, you are the health plan, not the company. And as the health plan, you can reach in and say, okay, we're going to go help Chris but as the employer, you can't say, we're going to reach in and fire Chris because we know he's going to have an expensive surgery. That would be a violation of HIPAA. Mm-hmm. So you're allowed to have certain data for certain purposes, but you need to keep a firewall up. and You need to make sure that only certain people have access to that information mm-hmm. and only for certain purposes. And if you don't protect that, you could be exposing yourself to risk. And that, that's true fully insured or self-funded. If you find out by way of a, the fully insured plan that somebody had a high claim, and generally you're walled off from that, you could still get in trouble. So, uh, Anthony, how can brokers help their clients through the process of transitioning from a fully insured plan to a self-funded plan if that's the right fit for them?
3: A number of ways. Uh, I think more importantly, educating the employers, uh, pros and cons of a self-funded plan, assessing feasibility if it's the right move for them, Uh, even educating their employees. You know, they want to make sure that They're communicating well enough with their employees or coming up with an attack plan to communicate to their employees why their employer is looking to make this move. um, What they can expect out of it to explain to them that the quality of their care is not going to be diminished at the end of the day. Um, I think it's important that they kind of get in front of it with the employees so they're not taking the move to the self-funded side of things as a a negative, more so as um, beneficial for everyone involved. I think... They also, um, it's important that they speak with their brokers regarding some of the, uh, just just steering the engagement of the employees, making sure that they're aware of how they might be able to take advantage of their benefits to the fullest extent. Um, And then you have the ongoing support and monitoring of a broker partner to kind of be there throughout the year and show you what, what you might be able to do to pivot at that particular time to get ahead of large claimants or um, just to take a a broader look at things so you don't have to be focused on it the whole time yourself, but use your broker partners for that exact thing. So I heard,
0: um, know your client, know the market, know the plans, know the providers, know the process. Uh, I heard a lot there, but I think we can sum it all up with call your partners at Savoy. These are the people who can help you through this process and are eager to help you explain this to your client and figure out if it's the right fit or not. And if it is, we can walk you through the process of getting it set up and set up that multi-year strategy that we talked about, or we can give you the ideas to solve the problems that you've got on a fully insured basis. There are all sorts of creative tools. Our team is ready to use them for each and every one of your clients. This has been Beyond the Benefits with Savoy Associates. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you soon. Thank you.